while possessing this blessing divine. Would you open God's word with me, please, to the, to the book of Numbers, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, fourth book in the, in the Old Testament, Numbers, chapter number 16. We'll give you just a moment to find it. When you got it, say, I got it. I got it. I, it if you don't got it, you can quit looking, I guess. I'm or close. You can look at the person next to you and make sure they didn't lie in church that they actually got it, okay? <laughs> Number 16. And I want us to, uh, there's 50 verses in here. And let me tell you, this is one of those stories that we have to read the entire chapter. But I want us to begin in verse 44, down through 48. And then we're going to go back and see what that is all about. And so verse 44 says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Get away from among this congregation that I may consume them in a moment. And they fell on their faces. Those who fell on their faces were Moses and Aaron. So Moses said to Aaron, Take a censer and put fire in it from the altar. And put incense on it and take it quickly to the congregation and make atonement for them. For wrath has gone out from the Lord and the plague has begun. And then Aaron took it as Moses commanded, and he ran into the midst of the assembly, and already the plague had begun among the people, so he put in the incense, and he made atonement for the people, and he stood between the dead and the living, so the plague was stopped. And we're going to come back and look at this entire story to bring us to this point here. And in order to understand what we've just what we've just read, we really need to look at the entire 16th chapter. Without a doubt, one of the best known Old Testament figures in all of the Bible has got to be Moses. And he had the task of leading the children of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land. You know the story. But what I'd like for us to do this morning is I'd like to invite you to travel back in time with me through the pages of God's Word into the summer months of 1471 B.C. to a desert oasis located somewhere between the, the Sinai Desert and the Promised Land. And what we're going to do is we're going to take a look in, this, in these 50 verses at three days in the life of Moses. You know, sometimes you read Scripture and it covers a, an extensive period of time. Sometimes something is predicted that's Prophetic, and it's not going to happen for thousands of years. But this is one of those chapters in the Bible that clearly distinguishes itself as being a three-day event that takes place in the life of Moses and the life of Aaron as they are standing between the living and the dead. And so I, I just want to break it down into three simple thoughts, but we're going to look at these days, and we're going to look at what we're going to call day number one, the day of rebellion. The day of rebellion. Now, stay with me because we're going to read a lot of scripture uh, just to fill this in, but, but first of all, please notice that this rebellion was forged with an alliance. Look again with me to verses 1 and 2. Now Korah, who is Korah? Well, he's the son of Izhar, who is the son of Kohath, who is the son of Levi, which means that, that Korah was a Levite, okay? His great-grandfather was a Levite, and so we have his, uh, his pedigree, if you will, there. And then also two other guys, Dathan and Abiram. They were the sons of Elam and, and Am, the sons of Pelon, sons of Reuben. 
They took men and they rose up before Moses with some of the children of Israel, 250 leaders of the congregation, representatives of the congregation, men of renown. Now I want you to get these three guys' names, Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And notice that what they did is they forged an alliance with 250 leaders from all of the tribes of Israel, and uh, they came to challenge Moses and Aaron. And then please notice that this rebellion was, was not only forged with alliance, but it was fueled with an accusation. And the accusation is found clearly in verse 3. And they gathered together against Moses and Aaron, and they said to them, You take too much upon yourselves, for all the congregation is holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Why then do you exalt yourself above the assembly of the Lord? As is almost always the, the case when, when, when there's some kind of disruption or dispute or discord among God's people. It usually comes from some kind of accusation. You know, we've got to get rid of the, the janitor. He put pink toilet paper in the men's bathroom and blue toilet paper in the women's bathroom. There's some kind of accusation. And so in this case... Korah and Dathan and Abiram say to Moses and Aaron, you guys, even, you know, God may have been the one that called you, but you're taking too much authority upon yourself. And in this case, we see that it was not uh, Moses who had called himself or had called Aaron, but rather it was God who commanded him to be the leader of, of God's people. And then please notice that this rebellion was also faced with an assurance. Now we're going to read a pretty lengthy portion of scripture. So stay with me so that you, you get the story. It'll unfold before you here in day number one. Now remember, three days. In day one, we had Korah and Dathan and Abiram coming to Moses and accusing Moses and Aaron of having too much authority. And notice what happens beginning in verse number four. So when Moses heard it, he fell on his face. Now that's the second time we've already read that. Moses didn't say, okay, let's meet out in the parking lot and duke it out. Or, or uh, you know, let's have, some kind of a, let's have some kind of a vote among the people. No, it says he fell on his face. And he spoke to Korah and to all his company, saying, and here's the key, tomorrow morning. And this is going to be day number two coming up. Tomorrow morning the Lord will show who is his and who is holy. And he will cause him to come near to him, that one whom... He chooses. He will cause to come near to him. Do this. Take censers. Now, it doesn't do any good to continue to read if you don't know what a censer is. Now, many of you are Baptist-born and Baptist-bred, and one of these days you'll be Baptist-dead. But that was not my situation. I, I was raised Roman Catholic. I went to St. Mary's Catholic grade school, Marion Central Catholic High School in Woodstock, Illinois, not real far from here, up by the Rockford area. And a, a, a sensor, if, if you've never seen one, is sort of like a brass bowling ball. You know what I'm talking yes. about, don't you? And, and it's in two pieces. And there's some chains that come down through the top of it, and you can lift the top part up into the chains. And in the bottom, they put little charcoals in there. And then they would take incense and put that on the charcoals, and then put the top of the, the bowling ball, if you will, back on top of it, and it had little holes in it so that when you swung it, like, 
like in a, 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 a fire outside, when you blow in the fire, the coals would flare up, it would burn the incense, and the smoke would fill the area. And I'm sure you've seen yes, that many, many times. Yes, right? So he says, I want you to go and take censers. He said, okay, he said, Cor and all your company, put fire in them and put incense in them before the Lord tomorrow. Now, remember, we're still in day number one, but we're getting ready to move to tomorrow. And it shall be that the man whom the Lord chooses is the Holy One. You take too much upon yourselves, you sons of Levi. Now, notice Moses turns the table, if you will. He's been accused of him and Aaron taking too much upon himself. And he tells these Levites, you're taking too much upon yourselves. And then Moses said to Korah, Hear now, you sons of Levi, is it a small thing to you that the Lord God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself? You understand that the, when, the, when the tribes divided up their land, all of the tribes got some property except the Levites. Because the Levites' responsibility was to attend both to the tabernacle in the wilderness and to the temple uh, in, in Jerusalem. And, and by the way, this is great being at First Baptist Church, Washington. Last Sunday, my wife and I were in church in the Garden of Gethsemane in Israel. So, so a little different being here. We were, we were outdoors and it was 72 degrees and we were praying and having a great time there. But he said to do the work of the tabernacle of the Lord and to stand before the congregation to serve them. And he has brought you near to himself, you and all your brethren, the sons of Levi with you. And are you seeking the priesthood also? You're seeking, and he says, therefore you and all your company are gathered together against the Lord. And what is Aaron that you should complain against him? And Moses sent to call Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab. But, uh, <clears throat> but they said, we will not come up. Is it a small thing to you that you brought us up out of the land flowing with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness, that you should keep acting like a prince over us? Moreover, you've not brought us into a land flowing with milk and honey, nor given us an inheritance of fields and vineyards. Will you put out the eyes of these men? We will not come up. And then Moses was very angry, and he said to the Lord, Do not respect their offering. I've not taken one donkey from them nor have I hurt one of them. And Moses said to Korah, Tomorrow, you and all your company be present before the Lord, you and they as well as Aaron, and let each take his censer and put incense in it, and each of you bring his censer before the Lord. Two hundred and fifty censers, both you and Aaron, each with his censer. So immediately after falling upon his face, Moses and Aaron, when they're done praying, stand up and they they lay out a challenge before Korah and his band of rebels. And they said, okay, there's 250 of you plus you three leaders. You get your censors and get your men together. You guys are Levites. We're going to let God decide who's in charge here. And it's interesting that Moses immediately understood that the root cause of all that was going on and the, the disruption and, and, and the problems that was, uh, was happening was all because of jealousy. And that's what we're reminded in uh, Hebrews 5 and verse number 4. It's declared of the priesthood 
that no man takes this honor to himself, but he who is called by God, just as Aaron was. And despite what appears to be overwhelming odds, Moses says, tomorrow morning, we're going to let God decide. Has he called me to lead the children of Israel? Or is he calling you Levites to lead the children of Israel? And so he faced the next day with assurance. Now we're going to go to day number two. And so we're going to call day number two the day of retaliation. And it's in verses 18 through 40. So we're going to cover a lot of territory here. So stay with me so you don't miss this in the story. But early the next morning, can you imagine Moses and Aaron as they're sleeping in their tent close to the tabernacle? And all of a sudden, outside the tent, they hear the clanging of the, of the censers as 250 men are, are scooping uh, uh, the, the uh, fire off of the, the altar of uh, sacrifice. And as, and as the incense begins to fill the air with its pungent odor, and they can hear all of that going on. And Korah and his rebels are, are talking among themselves and gathering together. And Moses and Aaron step outside their tent. And I want us to take a close look at the gathering rebels. Verses 18 and the first part of verse 19. So every man took his censer and he put fire in it and he laid incense on it. And he stood at the door of the tabernacle of meeting with Moses and Aaron. And Korah gathered all the congregation against them at the door of the tabernacle of the meeting. This sort of reminds me of the showdown at the OK Corral. Can you imagine Korah and his band of rebels going out to the 12 tribes and saying, anybody want to see who's in charge here? Come over to the tabernacle. And as they're gathering together at the, at the, uh, the, the entrance gate uh, or the veil into the tabernacle, we see Moses and Aaron standing there. Aaron, Aaron said, I, I, I don't know, when I read scripture, I get this picture and I see Aaron standing there with his censer. One censer in hand. 250 Levites out there swinging their censers, scowls on their face, following behind Korah and Dathan and Abiram and, and ready to show all of Israel who's in charge. Then let's take a close look at the glory revealed. Verse 19 through 21 goes on to say, Then the glory of the Lord appeared to all the congregation. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, Separate yourselves from among this congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. I don't know about you, but if I was standing there, I would look at the person next to me and say, Uh-oh. <laughs> Because I think when God spoke, he spoke. Can you imagine? Now, by the way, this is also the second time that we've already read in this story that God said, look, I'm just going to consume them all. I'll wipe them all out. Moses, you, and Aaron will be left. And in that moment, God was not only ready to demonstrate his glory, but he was ready to demonstrate his vengeance. And we're reminded in the New Testament in Hebrews 10, 30 through 31, for we know him who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Yeah. <laughs> then let's take a close look at the godly response. Verse 22 through 26 says, then they fell 
on their faces. That's the third time we've read that. So Moses and Aaron did what godly leaders ought to do when there's a problem, and they, they fell on their face before God, and they said, Oh God, the God of the spirits of all flesh, shall one man sin, and you be angry with all the congregation. So the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the congregation, saying, Get away from the tents of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And then Moses rose and he went to Dathan and Abiram. Remember, they wouldn't come to him when he summoned them earlier. And the elders of Israel followed him. And he spoke to the congregation, saying, Depart now from the tents of these wicked men and touch nothing of theirs, lest you be consumed in all their sin. I, again, I get this picture of Moses walking up a, a hillside, the children of Israel following behind him, the 250 Levites with their censers, and Moses telling the people of the 12 tribes of Israel, stay away from the tents of, of Korah and Dathan and Abiram. This gives us a peek into the heart of Moses as a leader. Instead of being filled with bitterness, he is filled with brokenness. And he begged God to spare the lives of the people despite the uh, rebellious uprising. Now, let's look at, at the gruesome retribution. And Ole Miss is beginning in verse 27. And so they got away from around the tents of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And Dathan and Abiram came out and stood at the door of their tents with their wives and their sons and their little children. Are you getting the picture? They wouldn't come to Moses. Moses finally comes to them. They're standing there like this at the door of their tent, their wives, their children, perhaps even grandchildren standing there next to them. On this side, they had their goats and sheep and chickens or whatever else they had out there. And they're standing there defiantly at the doors of their tent. And Moses is walking up to them. And it says, by this you shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works. For I have not done them of my own will. If these men die naturally, like all men, or if they're visited by the common fate of all men. In other words, they go to sleep one night and they have a heart attack. Or they get up the next morning and an ox gores them and they are killed. If they, if they get shot with an arrow in combat, okay, if they die like... Most men die, then the Lord has not sent me. Now follow along. But if the Lord creates a new thing, and the earth opens its mouth and swallows them up with all that belongs to them, and they go down alive into the pit, then you will understand that these men have rejected the Lord. And now it came to pass, as he finished speaking all of these words, that the ground split apart under them. And the earth opened up its mouth and swallowed them up with their households and all the men with Korah, with all their goods. So they and all those with them went down alive into the pit and the earth closed over them. Can you imagine the children as they're sinking into the sand and grabbing at the sand and it's coming up between their fingers and, and they're crying out, Abba! The Hebrew word for, for daddy. They're, they're looking to Korah and Dathan and Abiram. And they're sinking in the sand. 
and, and the earth is opening up. Their tents are collapsing. Their animals are falling in. Their wives and their slaves have fallen into the everything that belonged to them into the earth. And the children are crying out, Abba! And as they sink farther into the sand, Abba! Finally their voices fade, Abba! So they and all that were with them went down alive into the pit. And the earth closed over them. And they perished from among the assembly. Then all of Israel who were around them fled at their cry. I, I imagine so. <laughs> but they said, lest the earth swallow us up also. And a fire came out from the Lord and consumed the 250 men who were offering incense. While all that is going on and tents are collapsing and animals are falling in and wives and children and, and Korah and Dathan and Abiram are being swallowed up into the pit, the 250 men are still swinging their censers and a fire from God came out of heaven and consumed them all in a moment's time. Now let's take a look at the guaranteed reminder. Verses 36 through 40. We're kind of winding this down now. And then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Tell Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, to pick up the censers out of the blaze, for they are holy, and scatter the fire. You know what the fire is, the cremains of those 250 Levites. Scatter the fire some distance away. The censers of these men who sinned against their own soul, let them be made into hammered plates as a covering for the altar. Now, the fire was so intense that it not only just burned up the 250 Levites, it melted the censers into a pool of brass on the ground. Here's an interesting little fact. <coughs> Up until this point in the book of Numbers, the altar of sacrifice was made out of something, if you're old enough to remember Lincoln Logs. They took wood and they made a square out of the wood and then they put fire in the middle of it and put a grate on top of it and that's how they offered the sacrifices in the tabernacle in the wilderness until this point. From here on in scripture, you'll see it referred to as the brazen altar, or literally the brass altar. You see, the brass that was melted was hammered into plates as a covering for the altar because they presented them before the Lord. Therefore they are holy and they shall be assigned to the children of Israel. What did he mean? He meant every time that some young boy walked past the, the tabernacle in the wilderness and looked in the, as kids would do, look in the veil into the temple or into the tabernacle, and the first thing they would see would be the altar of sacrifice. And then they would say to their father, this brass altar shining in the sunlight of the Middle Eastern sun in the middle of the desert, they would say, Father, what is that? It's the altar of sacrifice, son. And the brass that is on that altar is a sign forever to the children of Israel. So Eleazar the priest took the bronze censers, which were uh, burned up and had been presented, and they were hammered out as a covering to the altar 
to be a memorial to the children of Israel that no outsider who is not a descendant of Aaron should come near to offer incense before the Lord, that he might not become like Korah and his companions, just as the Lord had said to him through Moses. And the day two comes to an end. And I suspect, and I this is just my speculation, that Moses and Aaron thought, now tonight, you know, we, we had a challenge of day number one, we saw the retribution of God in day number two. Tonight, we will have a good night's rest and sleep, and the people will be placated, and things will be better. And I can imagine that night, the hushed whispers around the campfires. You know how it is. You, you guys had a tornado that came through here, and, and you know, people who were directly affected by the tornado, they talked about it. People who were a few blocks away and had a couple of branches blow down. Well, we, we just escaped it by that bunch that was right around us and all the rest of that. And you can imagine as they sat around the campfire that night and in the hushed whispers of the crowds talking together, saying, I was there. I could feel the ground shaking. I, I was standing right next to Korah's tent when it was sucked into the ground. You can imagine them talking about it. And as they discussed the events of that day, Moses and Aaron, we would suspect, would have had a restful night. However, very early the next morning, they heard a strange rumbling of people moving towards their tent. And they were once again confronted by the shouts of an angry mob. The Bible declares the irrational revenge of the children of Israel, verses 41 and 42. And on the next day, there's day number three for you, all the congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron, saying, You have killed the people of the Lord. Now it happened when the congregation had gathered against Moses and Aaron that they turned toward the tabernacle of the meeting, and suddenly the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord appeared. It's exactly what had happened the day before. And as irrational as it might seem, with what everything people had witnessed just the day before, the very next morning, they rebel against Moses and Aaron. And then the Bible describes the immediate reprisal against the children of Israel. Look at verses 43 through 46. And then Moses and Aaron came before the tabernacle of Aaron, and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Get away from among this congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. You think maybe God was about to be done with the nation of Israel? That I may consume them in a moment. And they fell on their faces. So Moses said to Aaron, take a censer, put fire in it from the altar. Put incense on it and take it quickly to the congregation and make atonement for them. For wrath has gone out from the Lord and the plague has begun. For the second time in two days, God tells Moses and Aaron, get away from the people of Israel. I'm about to consume them all. And two times we find Moses and Aaron falling on their face before God and praying. And then the Bible describes the intercessory rescue of the children of Israel. Finishes out 
verses 47 through 50. I know you didn't think we'd get through 50 verses. We did. Here we go. Then Aaron took it as Moses commanded, and he ran into the midst of the assembly, and already the plague had begun on the people. So he put in the incense, and he made atonement for the people, and he stood between the dead and the living, so the plague was stopped. And now those who died in the plague were 14,000. And 700. Beside those who died in the court incident. So Abraham, or Aaron, excuse me, returned to Moses at the door of the tabernacle of the meeting. For the plague had stopped. Now I can just park right there and remind you that rebellion against God is costly. It costs 14,700 lives beside Korah, Dathan, and Abiram and their families and the 250 uh, Levites who were offering incense. But I don't want you to miss this little phrase. He stood between the living and the dead, and the plague was stopped. You might say, okay, cool story. I've never read that before. I've never heard that before. And what does that have to do with me? And the answer is this. Whether we realize it or not, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, every day, of every day of our life, you and I are standing between the living and the dead. Moses' authority was questioned by a famous Levite man that made the accusation that Aaron's power was sin. You take too much upon you. Your leadership is wrong said those who came together, 250 strong. All of us are holy, not just a chosen few. God's power is not solely for Aaron and for you. Where's that land of promise where the milk and honey flow? Where are those promised vineyards where the grapes of Estel grow? As Moses meekly listened, he fell upon his face and spoke to Korah's rebels to meet him face to face. And the Lord appeared in glory, and with a mighty hand he opened up the earth, and he swallowed Korah's man. And while all of Korah's family was sinking in the mire, 250 traitors, the Lord consumed with fire. One thinks, I would imagine, the rebellion now would cease. Yet Satan stirred the people's hearts to fight the men of peace. And he shouted, Loud with frenzy, if Moses had just prayed, the earth would not have opened. God's wrath could have been stayed. And soon multitudes stampeded. Like mighty ocean waves and marched in mass to carry God's men to early graves. And then suddenly Jehovah descended in a cloud. As strong men cried for mercy, and the trembling wept and bowed. The mighty God of justice, death's angel, did deploy to march among the people with vengeance to destroy. And the people watched in horror as those around them die. And Aaron hears his brother send forth this passion cry. Go quickly to the altar. I'll fall upon my face. Put fire in your censer. I'll intercede for grace. Run now amidst the people and hold the censer high. Go and make atonement before all the people die. 
In that moment, 14,700 fell beside the men of Korah that were swallowed into hell. And as Aaron made atonement, God stopped the mighty plague that stopped its tragic havoc. God's wrath was finally stayed. And on one side of old Aaron, the bodies lay in heaps, reminding all the people of the tragedy sin reaps. An old man looking downward across the incense line points a weeping finger and says, that child right there is mine. And a mother staring playfully with eyes of crimson red. She was among the living, but her son among the dead. Did someone look for Moses? Where can he be found? He's laying in the tabernacle, praying on the ground. And he mourns the death of Korah. And 14,000 more. His body is bent in heartache, his face upon the floor. And as we eavesdrop to the tent side and listen to him pray, we see his perspiration and we faintly hear him say, I love that band of Korah and those who died today. And now a part of me is missing since they have gone away. And suddenly there are footsteps as we attempt to hide. And a weeping shadow passes and quickly ducks inside. And we gaze upon the drama. Two God's great men who learned to love the sinner while learning to hate sin. And perhaps we've come to understand with eyes and tears stained red the awesome task of standing between the living. pages of your eternal word to remind each one of us that people all around us Lord the, the girl at the McDonald's, the checkout lady at the Walmart, the fellow who runs the hardware store the telephone man the postman the electrician God who plows the parking lot, the truck drivers, teachers, our friends, our neighbors, people all around us. Lord, we are standing every single day between the living and the dead. It's not up to the White House, it's up to the church house. What are we going to do? 